Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott. Hey, James. How's How are you doing? I'm it good. good. It, it was good. It was a good, uh, hard to believe that we're halfway through the year. Seems like it's been an eternity. Also seems like it went by in a, in a flash and 4th of July, a nice little mid-year celebration. Yeah. How was yours? It was awesome. Uh, time at the beach, time in the water, time with sparklers in the driveway. Life's good. Good. Good to hear. Well, I think uh, mid-year, midway through the year, good mm-hmm. time just to reassess. Obviously, there's thing you think of when you think of 4th of July, mid-year is insurance, but let's do kind of a mid-year recap on if you're looking at your finances, you know, at the beginning of the year, we did a, here, here's some things to consider going into the year to make this a s- successful year. Let's talk about now that we're halfway through, uh, making sure that people are reviewing their finances on an ongoing basis and specifically their insurance coverages. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be helpful to go through a list of what are some things people should be looking for when it comes to reviewing insurance policies, specifically around health insurance or life insurance. Sure. Yeah, let's let's, um, let's geek out on insurances a little today. Um, where do you want to start? Let's start with health insurance. And just, just kind of a disclaimer, we won't be going super deep. This is more just, you know, we could go incredibly deep into each of these, but we'll be referencing past episodes where we did go a little deeper into each of these. This is more just a, a flyby and an overview of here's some things to look out for. If that applies to you, then that's kind of your trigger, your cue to maybe uh, take it a step further and look into it more. But let's start with with health insurance. And with health insurance, I think there's, there's a few different things where if these things have happened, you might want to review your coverage. The yeah. first being... What do you want to start with? Let's start with what What if you um, are married? Okay. What should you be looking for if that's the case? Yeah. So I think if you're both uh, working, you want to look at both. Um, if you both have employer-sponsored plans, you'd want to go look at um, both of those plans, uh, especially long before your uh, <laughs> open enrollment happens, uh, to see... Um, which one you should choose in the coming year. There's no reason to pay for double coverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and unless you and your spouse are working at the same company, chances are good you're going to have different policies with different coverage and different amounts covered by your employer versus different amounts covered by yourself. So understand which is best for you. Might be yours, might be your spouse's, and then make sure you're on the right one. Yeah. You know, there's a few components that that, that you'd want to look at. Um, so one would be what's the monthly premium that you would pay, right? Um, mm-hmm. What what deductibles might you have to pay, um, and co-pays, things like that. What's the maximum out-of-pocket expenses that you'd have to pay for an individual or for the family? Um, that's one way to compare. And then when you want to look at these, it's tough to look apples to apples sometimes because. Um, you may have a, a more traditional plan without a health savings account, or you may have a, uh, a newer plan that might be a more high deductible plan, high premium plan. 
but it'll have a health savings match so or health savings account and the employer may even match it. So there's a few things to look at there. And then of course, um, are your doctors in the network um, of the, of the insurer that mm-hmm. you're, you're looking to use all important stuff. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then if you are paying for health insurance on your own, so if it's not through an employer, maybe you're self-employed, maybe your employer doesn't offer it, whatever it might be, a lot of times the coverage that you have, it's going to automatically renew, which which is good. It means that there's no lapses in coverage. But before letting that happen, make sure that you are shopping other plans because what you're looking for is one, what coverage are you getting? Are you getting the right coverage for the needs that you have? But also what's the total cost? And the total cost isn't just the premium you're paying on a monthly basis. It's the premiums, plus it's deductibles, plus the co-pays, plus out-of-pocket expenses, plus uh, any potential HSA matching, plus, you know, just all these little things. So make sure that you're comparing the total costs of what you're currently using for health insurance compared to the total costs of any other potential insurances and making sure that you're doing that before your policy auto renews and you're locked in for another year or whatever it may be. Yeah, Absolutely. And you know, that, um, that reminds me that um, episode four, we talked about health savings accounts quite a bit and the benefits that they can have for you. So if you want to learn more about health savings accounts, which we're lightly touching on here, go back and listen to episode four. Um, but they can really be a wonderful way for you to save um, for the longer term. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And then maybe you, your insurance is through Medicare. And if that's the case, uh, and, and if you've retired, you may have moved to a new state. Well, if you've moved to a new state, review what Medicare supplement and advantage plans are offered in that new location. They're going to vary from place to place, so make sure that you're doing that. And then if you're still working or if you've lost credible drug coverage from an employer plan and on Medicare, make sure that you're enrolling in Medicare Part D within 63 days, because if you don't, there could be some lifetime penalties that apply. And then just make sure that you're always reviewing your, your drug needs, your prescription needs. That's part of Part D, and that's just going to change, and the drug coverage is going to change year to year. So make sure that you're staying on top of that as your needs change or as the coverage changes based upon the the plan that you have. Sounds good. Yeah. So that's health insurance. Again, that's a, that's very high level, but it's in view, reviewing health insurance, whether it's through your employer, whether it's something that you pay individually, or whether it's through Medicare, just making sure that you're going through some of these steps to make sure that it's still the right policy for you. But what about other types of policies? Let's, let's, let's talk about life insurance. What are some things that people should be thinking to review as they look at their life insurance policies? Yeah, well, first, go. do you actually need it, right? Yep. <laughs> it's probably the, the most important thing. Um, we did do a more in-depth episode on life insurance, uh, episode 14, uh, for Do I Need Life Insurance? So you can definitely go learn about it there. Uh, but yeah, the first thing is, do you, do you have a need for it? Right. Um, so the simplest way to think of life insurance is, um, you are going to earn so much money in your lifetime. And if you haven't saved much yet, most of the money you're going to earn, like right now for you, James, um, with you and, and Ashlyn, it's, it's sitting inside of you. It's not on a balance sheet yet. Right. So, um, it can make sense to, to, uh, to protect that for Ashlyn mm-hmm. in case anything happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you mean by review if you need it? Why, why, you know, if I have a spouse, if I have kids, would there ever be a point where I don't need life insurance? Absolutely, there can be. Um, if you reach financial independence where you guys have more than enough money to support your life and the life for those around you um, in a place of contentment, then there's not necessarily a need for additional life insurance, right? It's, it's really um, insurance of all types is 
the way that I I feel is best, the way that's simplest for me to view it is um, probability of something happening is really small, but magnitude, impact of what it'll do in my life is really big. And any time there's something that could potentially happen that's small, like dying when I'm young, but the magnitude for my family would be large, I want to protect that. Yeah. Um, if it gets to a point where we have enough ass re financial resources and the family's good and there's not really a need for life insurance, then it may not make sense to have any. Yeah. And I think that's that's sometimes uh, a, a new concept to people is, is you've gone through your whole life with life insurance because you've been very responsible, but you get to a point where your 401k savings and your other investments and your home and your other assets, you, you get to a point where if you pass away, yes, of course, it's tragic, but you're, there's no one that's dependent upon you because the investments and the assets that you would leave would fully support them. If that's the case, you don't necessarily need life insurance depending upon your situation. Uh, and so that's sometimes I see quite a bit of if, is if you want it for the peace of mind, understand is the monthly premium you're paying for that worth the peace of mind that you're getting? If not, let it go. You don't necessarily need it. And and that's going to change as life changes. Yep, absolutely. So first things first, do you need it? Um, so reasons to need it can be people are dependent upon you. You have debts that you'd like to pay off, all of those various things. And then has anything changed in life that would make it so you may or may not want to keep it? Um, or you may want more, right? You may want more, right? Right. Move so, to a larger home with a larger mortgage. You have another child. You, you Life gets more expensive. Those are all reasons for maybe needing more of it. So personally, we have a eight-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. When the one-and-a-half-year-old arrived, uh, we looked at things and decided, oh, it's time for to get a little bit more life insurance to make sure that we're okay while he's growing up. So um, yeah, it's case by case and dependent upon what's going on in life. Yeah. And the nice thing is with that, you know, and Scott, in, in your case, I'm not sure exactly how I did it, but it doesn't mean that you need to stop your current policy or dissolve your current policy and get a brand new one, but you can layer a new policy on top of that for a specific amount of time or specific amount of coverage. And that gives more flexibility in your planning as opposed to just having one single policy. Which is exactly what we did, term layering. So I am uh, a walking dead man if I'm close to a high cliff right now with my wife. I have to be really careful. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't actually think so, but yeah, uh, in a yeah. few years, I'll be worth a lot less. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold uh, off yeah. a few years before walking by those cliffs. And and then also looking, have, have there been changes to your coverage amounts? And, and coverage amount can be like a policy, Scott, that you buy on your own life. And that policy is with you uh, for the set term. Or you could have a policy if maybe you work for a larger corporation or, or just any company where a benefit is insurance coverage. Well, that's that's great while you're with the corporation or with that company. But if you leave, that insurance may not be portable or, or it may be portable, but you have to go intentionally make it so and continue paying the premiums on your own. So understanding have there been changes to your overall circumstances and has that caused your life insurance coverage to change is is a kind of an important step in just reassessing your insurance needs. Yep. And we don't need to rehash details on all this stuff, but really big fans of people having separate private term life insurance policies so they can come and go from employers and not have to worry about the their life insurance changing drastically. Um, yeah. Now, there's really two types of life insurance that we commonly see. There's um, permanent life insurance and there's term life insurance. What should people do if they have a permanent life insurance policy? What are some good steps? I, I think the first step is just see... Is it worth 
surrendering <laughs> and not to jump too quickly to the point, but and not surrendering, but is it, is it appropriate in your situation or are you paying a, a large premium that that money could be better diverted elsewhere? Um, there's probably a few steps before that. So I'm probably just jumping right into it, but, but see, is it even appropriate? Do you need a permanent policy or could a term policy serve you just as well or maybe even better? Uh, but you do that by, but you, you can see, you know, a few different things. You can request an enforced illustration to see what the policy has been doing and the performance and all of that. Um, you can see how much you've paid so far, what the, what the cash value of it is, what the cost basis of it is. There, there's, it's kind of, I guess, a little bit more in depth than what we'll talk about today. Um, but understanding really, do you need this policy going forward or would you be better served by alternative options such as term life insurance? I think that's a great way to start. You know, Enforce Illustration should let you know what's actually happened to the plan versus what was um, kind of laid out ahead of time is what will happen. Um, and then you can review, like, how much am I paying for this? And, you know, how, how what's happening if, if it's a mutual company? What are the dividends doing? And, you know, what's the cash value of this policy if I turn it in? And what, what's my surrender fees? And, and then you can weigh the pros and cons of, do you want to keep this? Uh, and, and all of the, the pluses and minuses that come with that permanent insurance, or do, would you like to get some term insurance and term insurance for people at home is more like buying like car insurance. Term insurance is if something happens, like if I die, my wife gets paid. Permanent insurance is wrapping kind of an investment vehicle with insurance. Um, and when we do that, costs go up as do premiums. So we'll right. keep it there for now, but I think that's good. Um, you know, one thing that I think is really important to look at for all, anyone who owns life, has life insurance, whether it's permanent or term, is double check who your beneficiaries are. Mm-hmm. Yes. And why is that? Because you, one, well, you know, a couple of things. One is like sometimes people, you know, you'll get a divorce or um, you'll have, you'll think, oh, I'm definitely going to leave it to, um, to the three kids uh, as is. And then you'll decide, oh, you know, I, I think I'd like to change that. I, I don't really think that's, that's what I want. If you don't make the change, um, it's going to happen the way it's written. So taking the time to go ahead and, and make sure that your, uh, your primary beneficiaries and contingent beneficiaries are, are properly in place makes a lot of sense. It doesn't take a long time to do, but it's an important thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then what about you? We kind of talked about what, what do you do if you have a permanent policy? What are some things that you should look for first and foremost being is even the appropriate policy for you? What if you do have a term policy? What, what are the steps you should be looking for to see? Does that still make sense? Is that still the right coverage for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the first, first thing would be how long is the term in place, right? So like for me with, uh, with our two sons now, uh, we looked at the first term and went, Oh, you know, I'd like to extend to have some, 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 uh, some funds baked in to help go a little bit further down the line. So we got a new term policy that went further uh, into the future. So that's one thing. Um, so you can see numbers years left and uh, to see if you need a new policy, which is exactly what we did. Um, another thing is you can just see what, what, what your available options are on the policy. Some have conversion terms and, and other options. Um, and then uh, if you own annually renewable term insurance, you, you want to make sure that um, that uh, review the policy premium and just uh, if double check and see like, is this the, the is still like the best policy out there dollar for dollar? Um, right. You know, if you may, <laughs> if you went and got um, 
this is actually something that, that can happen. So you maybe you go get insurance and you're not in the best shape of your life when your first child's born and then you get in better shape. Well, you may actually qualify for lower premiums now, mm-hmm. even though you're slightly older. So just a good thing to go look at. Yeah, I've actually seen life insurance being almost being like that um, that impetus for people to go get into better shape. If they have a child or something happens, they say, oh, I need insurance. They get it and they're just struck by how expensive it is because obviously if you're not in great health, the, the more expensive the premiums are going to be. And so we said, let's get this coverage to make sure your family's protected. But then if you can lose X number of pounds or if you can get healthier in these ways over time, the insurance company will actually tell you, here's what your new premium would be, at least based upon today's rates. And so, yeah, that just because you have a policy and you've gotten older, well, if you've gotten healthier during that time, like you're saying, Scott, it could actually be a cheaper policy if you go and apply for a new one. So that is an important thing to to note as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Um, anything else on life insurance for today? No, I think you covered beneficiaries, which is the, the most important piece because you buy insurance to protect your beneficiaries. And if your beneficiaries are not labeled correctly, then that's the, you're, you're defeating the purpose a little bit of that. So make sure the beneficiaries are in place, make sure you have the right policy and, and that should be good. And then the next one we can cover is, is disability insurance and disability insurance. One of the main things to look at is I don't see a ton of people, maybe Scott, maybe you've had a different experience, but I don't see a ton of people that have disability coverage on their own kind of like private policy. It's not through a company, meaning that they own it. And so if you've had a change in employers, if you've moved from one job to another, or if you've been laid off, oftentimes if you do have disability insurance, it's through your employer. So check to see, does your new employer cover you? Or if if you don't have a job right now, does it make sense to get disability coverage on your own? Because disability insurance is sometimes more important than life insurance uh, in, in certain situations. So it's something that you do want to make sure that you have. Because if you become disabled and can't work and you have to support a family and you have no income coming in, it becomes a very, very challenging scenario. So if you've had a job change, if something's happened, uh, review that to make sure that you're still covered by something. Yeah, as you say that, two things hit me. One is uh, people who have disability policies privately are typically, when I see them, they're highly skilled. So they have a training that puts them in a very high income um, and they're protecting it, right? So you see it with uh, uh, physicians specific, and then the more specialized you get, the more likely you are to have it. Um, and there's other trades where that can make a lot of sense as well. Um, most people do carry it through an employer, fully agree with you there. Um, but it's it's something that when you said, uh, you know, the reason why people don't get it privately as often is because it's more expensive. And you actually said it may be more important than life insurance. And the answer is, yes, it is. The reason it's more expensive is because it's more likely to happen right? If insurers aren't, aren't dumb. Right? They, they run, they do an analysis to see like, well, how likely is James and the health that he's in to die? Not very likely. Okay. We'll make that premium really low. You know, how likely are you to go on disability for some period of time during your lifetime? Much higher. So they're going to make, yeah. you. and because of that, a lot of people shy away from disability. Uh, but it, it certainly is when you're building resiliency in a plan, it can make a lot of sense to have, make sure you have proper disability coverage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then even if your employer does provide disability insurance, make sure that that coverage is adequate. They're going to break it down between short-term disability and long-term disability. And we actually did a full episode on this. So if you want to go back to episode number 34 to see if you need disability insurance, we, we go much more in depth there. 
But just because your employer provides it doesn't necessarily mean it's sufficient for what you might need. So this is this is an exercise where you go through what would you need if you were to become disabled? What would your employer provide, if anything, if you become disabled uh, and, and see is that adequate? And if not, consider a different type of coverage. Exactly. Fully agree. And then I would say just to add on to that, understand the details of how the disability insurance works. And again, we go into more depth in this in episode number 34, where we talk about it, but understand what the waiting period is. Understand what is the actual definition of disability, because you may think something's a disability, but your your insurer may not understand the coverage amount. So understand how each of these things work so you know what what would put that into effect and also what the expectations are on both sides with how things are categorized. And then in kind of tying this together, Review your total disability income sources. Social Security provides disability income if you've qualified by earning enough quarters. Your employer has a disability employer disability policies potentially, and then any individual policies that you have. Again, this is where your overall plan comes into place of understanding where different sources of income would come from if that was needed. And, and hopefully, you don't need it. But this is just why we go through these checklists to make sure that if you do need it, uh, you you have adequate coverage to protect you and your family. Exactly. Yep. Anything else on disability? No, I think that's a good overview. Um, yeah, the more more depths on episode thirty four, so go take a listen. Yeah, yeah, and then I think maybe the last one we'll cover just briefly is long term care insurance. What are what are some of the things that we should be looking at for that? Yeah, so uh, we did a deeper episode on this as well. So episode twenty seven, we go into more thoughts on long term care. Um, but you know, first thing to look at is you know, you kind of want to look at what you need and then what the best way to get that is. <laughs> it's kind of how we looked at it in episode 27. If you already have a policy, um, you know, you might want to consider looking at the following. Um, so, you know, review the services that are offered, such as home care, assisted living, and nursing home care. Then you're going to want to review the benefit amount that you get. So, and the benefit period. So you typically it'll be, you'll get such and such dollar amount per day for a specified period of time. And then is that a fixed amount or does that go up with inflation? You'll want to know that. And then you'll also want to look at um, any other specific features that you have, like an elimination period, which is very similar to disability insurance for a certain period of time. You don't get coverage, right? Until you've hit a certain uh, elimination period. And then any like waivers of premiums, inflation riders, Mm -hmm. one heck of a legal document you can look at, but there's lots to, yes. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. And like you said, we did a deeper dive onto that. Do you, do you need life, uh, long-term care insurance episode number 27 to take a deeper dive there? Uh, but one thing just to tie this all together as well is, and this is sometimes more the case in PNC insurance, but, uh, look at your actual insurance company that's providing the services. If you have long-term care insurance and disability and uh, life insurance and health insurance, and sometimes you wouldn't have all these at the same time, depending on what stage of life you're in. Uh, but does your insurance company provide any bundling discounts? Yeah. Some people will have a, a kind of a hybrid long-term care insurance and life insurance type policy. Um, there's there's other things like that. So it doesn't always make sense. Many times it doesn't, but just see, are there any discounts available or are there any benefits available for doing all this under one company as opposed to doing different policies under different companies? Yep, absolutely. Cool. Well, that, that's all I've got for insurance. Unless you've got uh, more insurance tips to share with us, Scott. Anything else? I'm good for now. 
All right. Your health. Take take one action on, on all that insurance. What's one thing you can look at to make sure that you have it dialed in appropriately? If you do that, you're, you're taking a step forward and that's what's going to help good. You, uh, improve your financial life. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. That's realpersonalfinance.co. There'll be a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your own question. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.